0: The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit Wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get Mountain Cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as forty thousand dollars with one entry. Head over to stableduel.com and get started today. And in honor of Masters, we're giving we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sgpn/masters or click on the cont- contest link in the sgpn app. <laughs> Deep down. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, April 6th, currently 1235 on the East Coast. Here to break down the NBA player props for this Wednesday night schedule. Six games on the board tonight. I think we had 12 last night, but hey, Scott absolutely killed it. And joining me, as usual, on Wednesdays to break down the player props, my main man, Scott Reichel, who's off a fresh 3-0 sweep. I don't know how many that is this season. I think it's like 5 or 6 for Scott. But, Scott, how are you feeling this uh, Wednesday afternoon, buddy?
1: No, I'm feeling pretty good. I said during the video when you asked me about my best bet, I said I really liked all the plays. And it turns out there was a good reason <laughs> why, because they <laughs> all won. So, that worked out. Uh, I can't really say any of them involved much of a sweat there. I think Jokic ended up with like 16 rebounds Embiid had 40 at the or like 39 at the end of three quarters, and Green hit his fourth three. I want to say in the beginning of the fourth or late third. So, yeah, yeah it really just worked itself out quite well. Unfortunately, I had a 45 to one parlay and a 23 to one parlay that lost because I got a little bit greedy. I ended up taking Embiid, for example, with 40-plus because I said he was going to go for 40. Yeah. And I put it with 14-plus rebounds instead of 13-plus rebounds. Mixed in with Jokic going nuts and Jalen Green going nuts. And Embiid finished with 13 rebounds. So I lost by one rebound, a 45-to-1 parlay, and a 23-to-1 parlay. So I didn't make as much profit as I wanted to, but I still ended up going 3-0. and I was seeing the card well. Hopefully that carries over into Wednesday.
0: Yeah, good night for you last night. Uh, just wish Embiid I got that fourteenth rebound. But I needed three
1: uh, rebounds in nine minutes, and DeAndre Jordan got ejected, so they had no other backup. Center. Oh, yeah, that was all they had. I had nine minutes for three rebounds from Embiid, and he only got me two.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that 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 one hurts. I know we were talking about it back and forth. It's about some you know Brooklyn Nets game as well, but. Uh, yeah, that one hurts a little bit. Um, yeah, I went two and one last night. Uh, Jalen Green, who I think we're on the same page about that, he cashed fairly easily. Um, also had uh, what else did I have? Uh, Moses Brown. Uh, again, the books, yeah, it's too easy. Over nine and a half rebounds. We're just waiting for that Jared Allen news. And I think um, that right when we finished recording, uh, or while we we're recording, as we were wrapping up, he was officially ruled out. Then he finished up with 12 or 13 boards, and then the only one. Uh, that did come in for me was the Giannis uh, points and rebounds. Uh, Obviously, I didn't see the uh, Brooke Lopez game coming from uh, for him for the Bucks last night. But nonetheless, Giannis Giannis didn't do anything,
1: and the Bulls still lost by double digits. (laughs) What are we we doing? Come on, Chicago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he didn't have to do much last night. I think he finished up with, I think, uh, let me see if I can.
1: What do you have? Like 15, eight and seven, like 17, nine eight, and seven, like 18, you really didn't do much. Yeah.
0: 18, nine and seven and 24 yeah, close minutes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that one fell well short, but five and one combined. Hopefully we can continue that momentum into uh, this schedule for the Wednesday night. Um, Big win last night, I guess we could say, or expected to win for the Nets because I think the other three teams, or we talked about this briefly on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the other three teams kind of in that bracket, in the Eastern Conference of Playing bracket, all lost. Um, so it kind of looks like, you know, we you know, we were talking about it in Slack last night. Uh, Scott, kind of seems like the Nets are probably locked into that around that 7-8th uh, spot. In the playing tournament for the Eastern Conference. I think they'll be. I can't
1: say locked in. They they better win out. That's all I'm saying. The Knicks, of course, they've done well against the season and for the last couple of years, but it's not like the Knicks have anything to play for besides being the spoiler. We hear that all the time in other sports when you can sabotage a rival's potential Mm -hmm. playoff hopes. Sure. So the line, I believe money has come in on the Knicks. Leading up to yes. that game, I think it opened up at like Nets minus six and a half, something like that. Now it's down to five. Yeah. They are in a back-to-back. They can't afford to rest anybody. Durant and Kyrie better be playing because nobody else in the team is worth a damn. But either way, the Nets, I think, should win out because they're playing against the Knicks. They have the Pacer. They got they got a decently easy schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. So they should win out. Mm-hmm. But that was the main thing I talked about for the prop cast yesterday which was you had a big game between Atlanta and Toronto and yeah. a big game between Charlotte and Miami. I said, I was rooting for Miami and Toronto, obviously as a Nets fan, and they both took care of business. So it was literally the best night possible for the Nets. Did they look good against the Rockets? It was a good thing they didn't, because I had the Rockets to cover. So I had yeah. other things, you know, that worked itself out in that game. Yeah, but if the Nets went out, they should be the eight. Not to mention the fact that Cleveland, I mean, the I, they lost to Orlando, man. I mean, Orlando and no Wendell Carter. That's, that's next level bad at this point. So it was really a great day for the Nets. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say right now they're going to win the championship or anything, mm-hmm. but please get into the 7-8 games. I really want to win one out of two playing games.
0: Yeah, because Cleveland has Milwaukee left, and they have Brooklyn left, I believe, on their schedule. Um, the Cleveland, let me see. Yeah, they have Brooklyn and... Uh, Milwaukee left for the rest of the season here, their final two games. So, um, worst case
1: scenario for them, Jared Allen. I'm assuming will be back for at least the next game.
0: Yeah, if I prob- think yeah, because he traveled last uh, last night with the uh, team, uh, probably to get in some practice, and he should be back maybe in the next game. Which means uh, our Moses Brown props are probably uh, done for the season. Uh, but we'll Overall. keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, anything else that kind of stood out to you from last night? Uh, we talked about Joker having a big night, Joel, and being having a big night. Phoenix wraps up uh, franchise record 63 wins. Now they have the Clippers tonight, but they should, they should, I say, uh, be arresting their players here tonight. But anything else I got to stood out to you? Well,
1: I hope none of the players from Phoenix drove last night, because I'm assuming they had a lot of champagne in the locker room. But <laughs> either way, I think the one thing we got to talk about, of course, which is kind of us patting ourselves on the back. Uh, shout out to Terrell, who disagreed with us for a decent portion of the season. How about those Lakers, man? I mean, it's officially done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They are officially out. Vogel has already been announced that he's going to be moving on to greener pastures. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know the Lakers fans want to blame him. I think Phil Jackson would have had a losing record with this team because this team was awful from start to finish. So, yeah. Yeah. I think everything we said about the Lakers throughout the entire season was right. Mm -hmm. I said I liked them to miss the playoffs at about five to one. I believe that was a month into the season, give or take. And that definitely paid off quite nicely. Yeah. But, I don't really know how deep you want to go into this breakdown, but we got to at least talk about it. So I'm just going to bring up a question. I kind of want to know your thoughts on it. Sure. Is this the most disappointing team in NBA history? (sighs) I know recency bias will tell you yes, because you kind of have to think of other options there. Yeah. I can't pick Miami with the big three because they made it to the finals. They lost to Dallas, but at least they made it. Hell, even to the playoffs. But you added extra spots to compete for a playoff spot. And you didn't even make those. And you were the preseason number two option to win the title. you were the favorite to win the West. Your mm-hmm. win total was in the fifties. Mm-hmm. I know injuries played a factor in everything, but I think this has got to be the most disappointing team in league history, right?
0: Uh, recently, yeah, I, I think that. Pfft, I don't
1: know. Talk- I, I, I don't know what else would compete with it. Like that's the yeah. Problem.
0: Especially since they missed the playoffs, right? Like if they got into the playoffs, and let's just say. As an 8C, they played Phoenix again. They got eliminated. It's fine because Phoenix, clearly the best team in the league by far. For them, I think that at the beginning of the season, I think they made the wrong, obviously in hindsight now, but even when they made the trade for Russell Westbrook, I think the people that know basketball said this was an absolute terrible move for this organization.
1: Truth is, I think if they went with the alternative of Buddy Heald, I think they were screwed anyway. But that's a separate story because... I think it was worse with Westbrook because I know he was better for the last month. I mean, congrats. He was terrible for five months. That doesn't mean anything to me. But you're looking at Buddy Heald and what he's done with Sacramento and Indiana. And he's a pretty good player. But the point is, Davis was never on the court. LeBron got injured for a portion of the year as well. He's probably not going to qualify for the scoring title now. But I look at the depth. And you've seen it for the last couple of years, the idea of ring chasing. Mm -hmm. kind of started with Gary Payton and Carl Malone when they were trying to go with the Lakers to win the title back in the early 2000s, but it's really carried on for the last couple of years, especially David West, Boogie Cousins. You've had a lot of players who've jumped around, and the Lakers were banking on using the entire cap space, which is where I think the Westbrook acquisition hurt the most. They were using all of their cap space on basically three guys and decided to go with a bunch of veteran minimums to fill out the rest of the roster. And the guys that they got were just too old to actually guard anybody. And not to mention the fact that Melo never cared about defense anyway. Right. You can just go down the line. Dwight is not the player he used to be. It's not even close. Defensively, he tries at least half the time. But that didn't work out either. But I think the main reason why the Westbrook acquisition was so bad was kind of a two-pronged effect. One was that he was awful for a decent portion of the year. The other part was that it made them go cheap on filling out the rest of the roster, and the bench players sucked. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that Kendrick Nunn banged his knee into a table and missed the last six months. So they didn't really have many pieces. Avery Bradley, I mentioned Melo, I mentioned Dwight, Trevor Ariza, they tried that experiment, which was a mess. They didn't have anybody worth a damn. Austin Reeves turned into a Lakers Hall of Famer (laughs) after a week because he made a game-winning shot against the Mavericks in overtime. And yeah, drafted I mean, free agent. Like this is a problem.
0: Yeah, and when you tie up your cap space to a player like Russell Westbrook in that contract, this is what happens to your depth when you have three max players or at least three guys that take up probably what ninety five percent of your cap space. You're going to have to sign minimum players like you do with Carmelo and Dwight Howard, and I mean that's not championship quality players to have on a roster um when you're trying to go out and win championships kind of look lebron only played 56 games this season anthony davis if he doesn't play in the final two games would have missed exactly half of the season he only played 40 games
1: i'm shocked he even played 40 it feels like he played about 15.
0: yeah russell westbrook was the one guy that was the one thing about westbrook is that you can say that yeah he's durable he's always out there he played 78 games so far with two remaining for them i think this kind of goes back to the last season for the lakers where i think The wheels maybe fell off where they had the opportunity, and I don't, I don't know what the actual facts are. This, but we heard about the Lakers did not want to trade Tht for Kyle Lowry. That's so funny. That's so funny. And and I think that I think that's where it kind of started. And no, we saw Magic Johnson get on with Mike Greenberg and and spill the tea, or or if that's Mm -hmm. just lip service, like uh, Terrell likes to say. But I think there's some facts to it that there was that DeMar DeRozan, we know for sure wanted to come home and play in LA with the Lakers. Um, And and at that point, if they would have got DeMar DeRozan, we'd probably be having a different conversation right now because instead of Russell Westbrook and having DeMar in there, I know DeMar's having a fantastic season, but it kind of makes you think that if DeMar DeRozan was that second option with LeBron James throughout the season, we would having a different conversation about uh, with the Lakers right now, and they probably could have still made that trade for uh, Buddy Heald to have on this roster. So,
1: I think I think with DeRozan there, the salary cap issues for the depth still remain, and I think the bench still would have been atrocious. Yeah. So I still would have given the Lakers maybe a five-seed. Yeah, but DeRozan. they were at least the course the is better than where they are now. Yeah. I mean, the, the point is they're still a playoff team with yeah. DeRozan and without Westbrook, but that's kind of how I look at it. It was a trickle-down effect where because they gave him that much money, mm-hmm. the bench was sold short, and yeah. everyone on the bench was terrible. But I do kind of want to know your thoughts on mm-hmm. something that I said a couple of months ago, which I feel like has aged quite well because I feel like we just honestly were Nostradamus for the Lakers the entire season. We kind of called everything to a T. Yeah. I said right around the trade deadline, they have to blow up the entire team. And I thought that Vogel would get fired midseason, but I slowly was able to tell the longer the season went on that that was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now he's officially gone. They're probably going to promote somebody in-house, I mean, I don't know if it really matters who the coach is at this point, but LeBron's already said publicly he's going to leave whenever Bronny goes into the league. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you want to talk about him blackmailing the league into drafting his son, separate story, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I do want to ask you, because I brought it up a couple months ago, I think the Lakers should trade LeBron. Okay. And I feel like even though I didn't really receive many comments about it, from listeners on the pod, I am assuming that a lot of people, when they heard that, were visibly disgusted mm-hmm. while they were w- listening to the podcast because of how <laughs> sacrilegious that suggestion actually sounds. Yeah. Do you think more people have turned to that idea? Because I really don't know what LeBron's going to get you, especially with the growing durability concerns.
0: Yeah. So LeBron, let's—he's not. he can't be the number one guy anymore. I think we can agree to that, right? That he's he still lebron is still lebron but he can't carry he can't carry a team anymore he needs he's probably he could
1: be a one but he needs a hell of a supporting cast yeah i think he could be the jimmy butler in a miami team
0: yeah and my concern not not my concern but i think the thing is with lebron is that he's still a hell of a player he's averaging 30 points per game this season
1: you have jerseys, you have tickets, you know. he's gonna make your franchise. a bunch Yeah, of
0: and days. LA, he's made it his home, right? Like with the whole Hollywood scene that he's making movies and all the production that he's doing and things like that. You want a Razzie for a Space Jam, you know? Yeah, uh, there you go. So uh-huh, there you go. Uh, would you trade? I understand that Anthony Davis still young, but I don't know what the market is for Davis
1: anymore because I think everybody I think somebody would be willing been- to pay the price. I think that somebody would, but. Would the Lakers have to include a first-round pick or two to just unload that contract? I really don't know. I don't know what his market is at this point.
0: Yeah, but I think that there's a. I think they the still Lakers want him. Many picks to begin with. Yeah, and th- nobody's going to take on that Russell Westbrook contract either. That's, well, that's not,
1: why I mentioned the LeBron deal because yeah. I highly doubt a team would do it. But I mentioned the the possibility of a team like it's not Oklahoma City because they've perfected the tank, but. I think you know what I mean. A team like uh, hell Portland. They got they got nothing in the cupboard. Yeah. I mean, they they're screwed for the next couple of years. They're going to probably trade lower. They got nothing to cheer about. So, mm-hmm. do you think Portland would potentially trade for LeBron and Westbrook just for that something in that <sighs> franchise? Like that's the point. We've we've talked about how dumb Portland's front office has been for yeah. the last couple of years. I hated their offseason. I thought it was a terrible off season, and everything that I hated about it kind of came to fruition because they sucked. Yeah. Not to mention the fact Lillard got injured, they traded half the team. but sure. The point is, I mentioned trading LeBron because that might be the only way you can send Westbrook off as if you package him with LeBron. Yeah. I'm not even sure a team would do that at this point, but I mentioned the idea of trading LeBron mostly because of the fact that I don't know what the Lakers can do with their current cap situation, with their current contracts, mm-hmm. with Westbrook being basically untradeable besides for uh year-long vacation John Wall, because he hasn't played in about two years, whatever. So that's the only trade that was kind of circulating out there. I don't even know how genuine that it was. Yeah. And you have Davis. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell he's worth based on that contract and the injury history. So I mentioned of trading LeBron mostly because I think you have to hit the nuke button. I think you have to blow the whole thing up. And you can argue, well, they're the Lakers. They don't do that. Why would they rebuild? And the reason is because you're the Lakers. You can automatically get a head start on any free agent that you want. You have to blow it up. You're not afraid to spend money like the small market teams that have to go through a true rebuild. The Lakers, in my opinion, should trade everybody, start from scratch, get some draft capital, Maybe trade for Zion or try something if you want to gamble, but mostly rely on free agency because that's what you've done for the last 30
0: years. How funny would it be if they traded Anthony Davis for Zion? Do you think the Pelicans would do that? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely not. I don't think they would either, but the truth is they might because Zion, if he doesn't sign
1: the extension, he's a free agent.
0: Yeah, so they're going to have to trade him at some point. I think the Lakers... Would probably be inclined more to trade Anthony Davis than LeBron James, but no, I, I for agree. the sake of conversation that yeah. that I don't should think LeBron they,
1: with a bunch of random guys does anything either.
0: Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? That that, that it just tells you that this Russell Westbrook trade really handcuffed their their organization. I think they're already screwed
1: anyway, but now they have no options.
0: But they had like yeah, but yeah, they're screwed. But I think that if they didn't make the trade for Westbrook. They 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 had some options on the yeah, table. The, right? the but, word
1: you're looking for is flexibility. Yeah,
0: and right now they have none of it. Exactly. So we heard about the rumors at the trade deadline for Westbrook for John Wall, but the Rockets wanted to include. They wanted a first round pick included in that deal. Would you have made that trade? What pick do you have to give up? 2029. I I don't know. I think I saw. I was looking at the Lakers what they had available, but. I, I would Los have included- Angeles
1: around sports has increasingly acknowledged that draft picks are useless. Shout out to the Rams who won a championship with no first round picks until I don't know the year 3000. Yeah, but still, <laughs> the Lakers really just don't have much. And that's yeah. my argument or my point is that the Lakers right now are in that point where they're not even in purgatory, they just stink. Yeah, so let's just say, best case scenario, you find a team that's willing to take Westbrook's contract. Mm-hmm. You have to give up a first-round pick, but you're yeah. willing to do it because you want the flexibility. Yeah, You find a team that's willing to trade for Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. and let's say you're also giving up one first-round pick, but you pick up a couple of role players along the way, whatever, some mediocre players for depth, right? So now you've lost two first-round picks, and you have LeBron by himself. What do you do? Is there any team that you can build – With two first-round picks, best-case scenario. No, sorry, not two first-round picks. You have two less first-round picks. Mm -hmm. Is there really any circumstance where you can have LeBron and piece together a title-winning team as his health continues to deteriorate? Of course not. No. So then what are you doing? Are you trying to just sell tickets? Like, I, I don't get it. LeBron at this stage needs a ridiculously talented supporting cast to win a title. They cannot do that in one offseason. And LeBron basically said he's leaving when his son's ready to join the NBA. Not to mention all the rumblings of him going back to Cleveland. So if he's going to leave, and we've seen LeBron ravage teams by forcing them to cater to every whim that he has, and then leave, and we saw Cleveland get sent back to the Stone Age twice. We saw Miami kind of rebuild because Pat Riley's a genius, but still they had a couple of years there where they were down Do you think the Lakers want to keep LeBron just to acknowledge that as soon as he leaves, they're screwed for about four years? Of course not. No. So I think they should trade LeBron. I don't know what the upside is of keeping him.
0: Yeah. I think the whole thing about LeBron is that I think we all know that he's going to finish his career in Cleveland. Like if it's one final season, two final seasons, one of the case might be, let's not forget he's going to be 38 years old. Yeah. Come December. And whenever his son comes into the league, you're right that you know he said he's going to want to go play with his son. I think that'll probably be his final year. Ideally for them, I think he'll probably want to be in Cleveland, but I think that he still probably has one more season where he wants to go back to Cleveland and finish out his career there. So I think that you should probably start exploring trading him as crazy as it sounds like trading a generational player, maybe one of the greatest all-time, one of the greatest all-time, we'll say that, that LeBron James was thinking about for them, the Lakers to do that but at some point.
1: Do you think a desperate team would give up two first round picks for LeBron at this stage in his career?
0: Yeah, I think
1: he sells they would. Tickets. The point is, you're trade you're acquiring two picks, which you really
0: don't have. Yeah,
1: for a guy who will probably mm-hmm. miss at least twenty games for the rest of this for the rest of his career in every single season.
0: Yeah, OKC has like fifty million picks. Maybe the trade into OKC. <laughs> I,
1: I don't it's, know if he's going to want to embrace no, a mentor no, role kidding. there in OKC, I, yeah, but. I think you understand my point. Is that yeah, yeah. I'm not I trying. I know that I'm not the biggest LeBron fan personality wise, but I know that as a player, he's a top two player of all time. Sure. But at this stage in his career, I don't know what exactly your expectations are for LeBron. Mm-hmm. But if you expect him to take a six seed caliber team and run through the Western Conference like he did with the Cavs and the East for pretty much his entire career, yeah. you're out of your damn mind because those years are well past him.
0: Yeah. And I think that. He's going to, yeah, like you're right. He's going to have to get another 1A, 1B type of player with him, wherever his next destination is. And he's he going to or if in, Yeah, geez. I mean, it's like, going to this, happen. Right?
1: This is just the tip of the iceberg. It will yeah. only get worse from here.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's 38. He's going to be 38 in December. Let's keep that in mind as well. I mean, at, at some point, yeah, it started, to, it started happening last season where his health started deteriorating or his, the injury started creeping up. Let's say that with the ankle injuries. We've yeah, seen that. Legs. Yeah, it's the legs, right? And that happens as you kind of get older with age, especially the type of player that LeBron is, where he likes to, you know, drive to the basket. He's not much of a jump shooter. He's not like Carmelo, where he can, you know, get him to the post, you know, jack up a fadeaway jump shot. that goes in, or even a three-point shooter. LeBron's a guy that drives I, to the yeah, basket. I,
1: I think that's the next transition in LeBron's career. Yeah. He's going to have to go back to the Miami power forward model, where he spends most of his time trying yeah. to be an athletic point forward who plays mm-hmm. in the post most of the time. At least that's what I think he should do.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be a very, very, very interesting offseason for the Lakers. Um, I,
1: don't think, I don't know if they can do anything.
0: Yeah, and I just say that they're handcuffed, right? Like, they don't have the flexibility with, with the West. That's West why contract. I mentioned That's trading LeBron. That's yeah. the
1: only way you acquire any flexibility of any kind because teams around the league, no matter what LeBron's injury status is, would be trying to kill each other for a shot at LeBron for at least one year. Yeah. And if a team around the league wants to trade two first-round picks, for an injured superstar who will not lead them to the promised land, I will gladly take those two first round picks.
0: Yeah. I, again, it's gonna be a a a very interesting offseason for the Lakers. If I just kind of feel like they're gonna to try to have the same roster that they will that they had this season, but we'll we'll definitely be on top of all the news that happens all around the league, including the Lakers who will be searching for their next head coach once the season is over. All right, Scott, let's put a bow on that, bud. We'll come back uh, after the break and we'll get into our player props for this Wednesday night schedule here in the NBA. Looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun? in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resort's properties. From classic table games to all the best slots and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. For sports bettors, WinBet win hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Make sure to get down on the WinBets $10 to win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies for you up to $200 in free bets. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer substance change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. In honor of the Masters, we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn slash masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, Take a second and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and that's why you reach for a Coors Light, it's made to chill. There's only one beer that's out there literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold that way you always know when it's time to chill when you need to hit the reset just open a Coors Light it's mountain cold refreshment made to chill Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. it's literally made to chill it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind so all you got to do is head over to CoorsLight.com SGP that's CoorsLite.com slash SGP to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart. And remember to always re- celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually doesn't protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other prowling eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick. When you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream everything you search for and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand-rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break, Scott, I'm going to kick you do first. Man, first player profit tonight, what do you got?
1: So for this one, I'm going to go with a Boston Celtic who is known for his scoring. But I'm going to take the assists. It's going to be Jason Tatum, and I'm going to take him over four and a half assists at around minus 105. He's been really unselfish lately, which was the main criticism that Marcus Smart had of him earlier this season. Was the fact that him and Jalen uh, Brown didn't pass the ball. Mm-hmm. But Tatum's definitely embraced sharing the ball more, which is why Boston has been so successful over the last couple of months. But Tatum has recorded at least six assists in each of the last in each of his last four games. And he has recorded at least six assists in six of his last seven games. So he's been very solid when it comes to getting his teammates involved. Four and a half for a guy that's had six or more in each of the last four and six of the last seven. I'm not sure how this is minus 105. Yeah, I'll I'll gladly take this. Take him over four and a half assists.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is another one of those situations where the market maybe probably has not caught up. Because they to, think of Tatum as the 30 point scorer guy. Exactly. Yeah. To
1: actually, pass the ball a decent amount.
0: Yeah, they're not going to pay attention to his assist props. They're going to pay attention to, you know, his points props and adjust it there. Cause right now, points right now, I see at a 28 and a half. But like you mentioned, the assists for him are at four and a half. So again, if he's if he's continuously doing it um and the market hasn't caught up, you got to continue pounding that until the market does adjust. So good find there, uh, Scott, for Jason Tatum over four and a half assists as player prop number one for Scott here tonight. Uh, I'm going to stay in the same game there. I'm going to stay on the same side as well. I'm going to go with a rebounding prop. Uh, I'm going to go with Al Horford over seven and a half rebounds here tonight. It's a little bit of juice at minus 135 when I did lock it up. Um, but Al Horford, since he's had a minute increase since Robert Williams went down for this team. And over the last 10 games, Horford is averaging right around eight rebounds per contest. But more importantly, like I said, with Robert Williams going down, Horford's playing a lot more minutes. They just don't have the bodies. You know, it's him or Daniel Tice. They're pretty much playing the center minutes. He's had eight or more rebounds in three straight games, including two games, which have been in double, uh, double digit reboundings. And over the last seven days of the Chicago Bulls are allowing the power forward position to average double digit reboundings, as well as the center position to average double digit rebounding. So um, look for Al Horford to, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets into double digit rebounding here again, I'm probably going to wait for eight and a half and get that plus money. should be around plus one Oh five, but uh, also want to say the last two matchups versus the Bulls, he's had eight rebounds and 10 rebounds, um, and that was with Robert Williams there. So um, I expect him to be, you know, right around that 30 to 35 minute or 30 to 32 minutes tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Last but not least, uh, Boston is also the number one rebounding percentage team over the last five games uh, in the entire association. So I'm going to go Al Horford. Over 7.5, if your book has an 8.5, I don't hate it at that number. You probably get that number at plus uh, plus money for Al Horford tonight, Scott.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't mind it. We've seen Chicago kind of struggle when it comes to, well, I was going to say getting quality shots because DeRozan takes a lot of mid-range shots. Levine might not play. We saw how the offense looked without Levine yesterday. Yeah, You might see a lot of bricks. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. All right, player prop number two for
1: tonight, Scott. What do you got? So for this one, I'm going to go to the late game between the Clippers and the Suns. And the Suns might be benching half the team. Mm-hmm. They should be. Once again, I hope none of them are driving to the arena. But <laughs> I'm going to go with Paul George. And I'm going to take him over two and a half three-pointers made at minus 125. I really don't know why this line is so low. Yeah, He's played in three games since coming back from injury. And in those three games, he is averaging 8.33 attempted three-pointers per game. He's chucking it up from behind yeah. the arc. So the mm-hmm. volume is definitely there. He's made at least five three-pointers in two of those three games. And if you want to actually go by historical trends, he has made at least three three-pointers in six of the last nine meetings against Phoenix. But two and a half three-pointers for a guy that's probably going to chuck up at at least eight, probably mm-hmm. closer to ten. Of course, you might have some blood potential in this game if Phoenix does rest everybody. But yeah. so we've seen Phoenix's bench still hang around. Mm-hmm. against some teams here, but two and a half three-pointers for Paul George. It's way too low. I got to take
0: the over. Yeah, I love this play, man. Uh, it almost seems like that he's kind of hesitant to drive to the basket and probably land on that elbow uh, again and maybe re-injure it, but... Um, he's not
1: afraid to chuck it, I'll tell you that.
0: Man. Exactly, yeah. So he's not afraid to, you know, chuck up the ball. And I fully do expect news to come out that Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, some, some of those guys, at least two out of the three guys, or if not all three guys that sit here tonight, I'd be um,
1: shocked of uh, Chris Paul point.
0: Yeah. Uh, in their last game when they didn't have Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden against the OKC Thunder Feen- uh OKC made 17 uh, three pointers in that game. Um, I know defensively Phoenix has been really good against the three point shot their top 10 over the last five games. But I think that we kind of have to look out when they don't have some of those uh, starters in the uh, starting lineup. Um, so I do like this Paul George over two and a half three point shots made here uh, tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Um, for my next player problem, gonna go with another rebounding prop. It's going to be in that Dallas and the Detroit game. I'm going to go with Dwight Powell over six and a half rebounds tonight against the Pistons. Pistons come in ranked number 29 in opponent rebounding over the last five games of the regular season. They're also allowing both the power forward and center positions to average 12.3 rebounds per contest over the last seven days. Powell's in a similar, um, I think. Situation going up against a team that's not very good at defending the center position, which was the Milwaukee Bucks in their last game. Um, And he had 13 rebounds in that game. So I'm kind of getting that same feeling here that Powell probably had the same success on the boards. Earlier this season in a matchup against the Pistons, in 20 minutes, he did have seven rebounds, but he's seen an increase in minutes with some of the injuries that they are dealing with on the Dallas Mavericks side. They won't have uh, Maxi Kleber, here tonight, we know about Tim Hardaway Jr. He's been out with the surgery, um, and since that time, since that game against the Pistons, his minutes have increased around close to 25 uh, minutes per game. So I think that he can get into at least at least get over six and a half. But I won't be surprised if he has another big rebounding game like he did against uh, the Bucks, which is eerily kind of similar to the situation that I'm looking at here tonight. So I'm gonna go Dwight Powell over six and a half rebounds here tonight against the Detroit Pistons.
1: So I got good news and bad news. Okay. What do you got? The good news is we have different props. Okay. The bad news is we have the same player. Okay. I got Dwight Powell over 11 and a half points at minus 110. He's recorded at least 12 points in six of his last eight games. You already talked about how Kleber's going to be out. Powell played 31 minutes last game, so he got a huge uh, uptick in minutes. Plus, you said how Detroit's bad against the center. Mm -hmm. It's going to get even worse because Bagley and Olenek are both out for this game which means you have Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah Stewart. I, Isaiah I, Stewart I, I, I Isaiah don't know who else they have, so they really don't have many big men. And we know with uh, Dallas constantly running pick and rolls with Luka and with Powell all the time, they're going to see mm-hmm. Stewart switched on to a lot because they switch every pick and roll. So you're probably going to see Powell on a small forward or a point guard half the time just after the switches, yeah. But the one underrated part of Powell's game that I do really appreciate is the free throw shooting mm. because he is one of the best free throw shooters for all big men in the league. He's shooting close to 80% from the foul line this season. He's shooting 79.7%. And on top of that, you want to look at the last three games. He is 17 of 17 wow. from the foul line. So if he's going to make all his free throws and he should get to the line a decent amount, I expect him to get more minutes because, of course, you mentioned that Kleber's still out yeah. and Detroit has no depth at all right now with the injuries to the front court. I think Powell's a good candidate for a sneaky double double here tonight. Just going to mention at a, that. Mm-hmm. But at 11.5, for a guy that put up 22 last game and for a guy that should have a lot of opportunities because Luca, we know, is extremely unselfish, mm-hmm. I love the over here. I think he's got a great shot to go for 15.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, great. We're on the same player. It worked out for us last night. And they also threw out the double double. I think that's a great call there, Scott. Uh, I'm currently seeing it at 5 to 1 uh, for Dwight Powell. Uh, I, I think that's
1: an auto play. Now, you can argue about the minutes yeah. and the fact that Dallas might blow them out, which is possible. But we've seen how good Detroit is against the number, especially yeah. at home. Uh-huh. So they should keep it close. But I got to remind you the game means something to Dallas because they right. are trying to compete with Golden State for the three seed. So right. Dallas is going to try. And I do expect Powell to play a decent amount of minutes because also, even if you're not the biggest Powell guy, mm-hmm. you got to ride the hot hand. You yeah. get 22 and 13 against Milwaukee last game. He should yeah. get more minutes by default.
0: Yeah, I think even if it, if it even is a blowout, I think he's going to be have to be in there because right now they're only going nine deep. Um,
1: yeah. And they don't have many centers that are also yeah, in those like, nine.
0: Bertans is not a center, and then your backup guy is probably Marquis Chris. Yeah, Boban. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Boban. Um, not it's sure. Revenge game will for Boban, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, thirty-one minutes last night, so I'm glad we're at least on the uh, agreement about a player. Here, five so. to one. I yeah. mean, we
1: got to find a new double-double angle with Moses Brown now, potentially out of commission. I don't, I don't mind that at five to one.
0: Yeah, uh, let me see if I can find another better number on one of these other. Five to one sounds
1: like sounds extremely generous. I figured it'd be closer to around three to one or something like that. But sure, five to one for a starting center.
0: Yeah, five to one. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find that one.
1: I'll I'll gladly play that. Throw that into a couple of Masters long shot parlays. See what happens.
0: I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Um, For my last player prop, I don't see a number posted on this guy yet. It's going to be in the uh, Nets and Knicks game here tonight. I'm looking for Evan Fournier's. Uh, either points prop or three point shooting prop. I'm going to assume um, threes are, are what three and a half. I'll probably, yeah, I was going to say three and a half. Um, I like that number to go over here tonight. And you know, over his last two games against the Brooklyn nets. He's had five, uh, in the last game on March 13th, he finished that game up with 25 points. And then the, uh, game before that, uh, on their home floor back on February 16th, he had, he was four of 12 from three point land. Um, against the Nets, So he's jacked up this season, a total of 28 three point shots. He's made three or sorry. He's made four or more in two out of the last three games in two straight games. I think I want to try to pull up his game log here and kind of want to see what he's done recently. Um, but Brooklyn over the last five games, you're number 19 in the entire league. As far as three point uh, defense, we saw last night when we talked about Jalen green, that uh, Scott was on, he got that fairly easily um, against the Brooklyn Nets last night. And um, I think that, you know, Evan Fournier, that if they want to compete in this game, that he's going to need the help. I think RJ Barrett's going to have a big night. I think Terrell agreed with that, that he's going to have a big night. But um, I like Evan Fournier tonight. Over, if you could get that three and a half, I like that number. Maybe look at his points props at, as well uh, for Evan Fournier. So I'll throw that one out there as well Um, main thoughts on that one's got no Brooklyn we talked about it briefly offline but big game tonight here for Brooklyn against uh, New York Knicks
1: yeah it's a big game Fournier against the Nets have been pretty good this season I guess the one concern I would have though about Fournier has been kind of twofold one is that recently the three-point shot has been a bit inconsistent here and there but mostly fine it's most of the foul trouble he only played 15 minutes against Orlando last game they did Mm -hmm. win by 30 but he had four Mm -hmm. fouls in 15 minutes which is a problem And we saw him have four fouls. He played 35 minutes against Charlotte. But I guess the one concern I would have with Fournier is that the Nets know to attack him in every single pick and roll because Fournier is an atrocious defensive player. Yeah. There's a huge reason why the Knicks have been pretty awful this year. But I guess the one concern is if you see Fournier matching up on Durant or Kyrie for the 40th time tonight, do you think he stays out of foul trouble?
0: That's a, yeah, that's a concern, right? And,
1: well, I saw that against Boston in the playoffs last year. The Nets yeah. just hounded him yeah. and he got his ass kicked. And yeah. I'm kind of curious if, because we've seen the Nets play with Durant and he had 50 points against the Knicks last game attacking mm-hmm. Fournier. He called him petite with the hand gesture with the you're too small thing. If yeah. you remember what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But now you have Kyrie. So you have another guy who can attack Fournier off the dribble. Yeah. I am curious about foul trouble.
0: Uh, In the three games so far, I looked at his fouls. He had three in the first matchup back in November, three in February, and then he didn't have – Oh, no,
1: I know the three-point numbers are there. I'm just – No, no, I'm talking about his fouls. No, I'm just – No, but I'm saying I don't know if you can even factor this in because Kyrie didn't play in those games.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: So I I, I don't know if you can really toss out the fouls or not, but the point Mm -hmm. is I've seen the Nets, especially Kyrie, Mm -hmm. just put Fournier in the blender. For the last couple of years and i am curious if you're going to see fournier get desperate start reaching and maybe get into foul trouble so we'll see mm-hmm. the
0: i still think he's going to chuck up a bunch of
1: threes but that is a potential flaw
0: yeah i was just seeing kyrie i, I was also interested in seeing kyrie i think he balls out here tonight in Madison square Garden. I'm seeing his points prop at 26 and a half i'll dig a little more into that um, well i don't know what
1: you think about the net situation because do the nets just take turns does Kyrie go for 40 one night and now it's like a tag team wrestling match and they tag in Durant to go for 40? Or do you think Kyrie just keeps it going?
0: I think Kyrie's kind of keeping going got to will keep it going because he had a rough night. I mean, he saw had 31, but it was on 32 shots that ooh, he had a rough against, week.
1: He was awful for like yeah, a couple so games in a row. I,
0: I think that Kevin Durant probably, you know, feeds it more to Kyrie or lets Kyrie do his thing, kind of get his, you know, his shot back and and being the Kyrie that we saw last night against Houston Rockets. I mean, Rockets are not a great defense. We know that. But, again, you're going up against – you're going into Madison Square Garden where I think they – both of these guys probably want to put on a show. But I think, you know, Durant might, you know, give it to Kyrie a little more and, and let him go out and do his thing. So, um, I'll throw Kyrie out there over 26-and-a-half as well. I kind of do like that play. but You
1: prefer the 26-and-a-half or the three and a half threes. I think – He had eight last night. Who are uh, you talking about, Kyrie? Yeah, Kyrie at eight. I believe he went eight for 16. <laughs> he tipped at 16 threes last yeah. night.
0: It's really only going to be K- Kevin Durant and Kyrie on, like, the offensive end. Like, they it's... did get Seth Curry back, which helps. Oh, yeah. And um, I was looking at Seth Curry's three-point shots, but it's at two and a half at plus 115. But as far as the show, I'll I'll give out Kyrie over 26 and a half as my third one. i will curious to All see right. what Evan, Evan Fournier numbers come out to, but I think that Kyrie should ball out here tonight. Um against the New York Knicks here. Um, coming off that 42 for per- performance last night against the Houston Rockets. I'm trying to um, think of
1: who's supposed to guard Durant. they are gonna throw Obi Toppin at him? I, I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what you're doing. Who, yeah, who's supposed gonna, to guard Durant tonight?
0: Let me see their starting I mean him. nobody can guard him on happen. any
1: night, but yeah. he got Obi Toppin. That is is that it is, is that the game plan?
0: Is it Toppin or maybe RJ Barrett's the only other viable option?
1: I'm assuming you're gonna keep Barrett for offense.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, because you have Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, RJ RG, RG Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson as your starting. Yeah, have fun. So good have. luck. Yeah, good luck. Um, Scott, let's take one last break here, bud. We'll come back and then we'll get into some best bets and then we'll wrap up the prop cast for this Wednesday night schedule here in the NBA. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and build and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $40,000 worth one entry. Don't know anything about horses? race win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America Market, where America buys and sells sports bets. It's Masters Week, and if you haven't used PropSwap to go for the green, then you are missing out. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers and then you sell your bets whenever you want. Many Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling their golfers all tournament long. This allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever touching the green jacket. So go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot ticket sales, a loyalty reward program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into some best bets here for tonight. Um, Scott, I'll give you the floor first. Best bet for tonight. What are you liking?
1: So, once again, I kind of like all three of these, but I'm going to go with Dwight Powell over 11 and a half points. The injury report is too appealing for Powell on the spot. You're looking at yeah. a situation where Kleber's not going to play. Mm-hmm. He was averaging 20 plus minutes. So, Dallas now is shorthanded in the front court. Detroit's missing two of their three centers. With Bagley and Olinick being out. So you're looking at Isaiah Stewart and basically nobody else, not to mention the pick and roll defense where they switch everything. So Powell should have a bunch of lobs to him throughout the entire game. Yeah. He's had 12 points minimum in six of his last eight games. And I mentioned it again. I'll, I mentioned, I'll say it again. He has made 17 of his last 17 free throws. So the fact that he's an elite free throw shooter for a big man, mm-hmm. I think is a huge plus in this situation. And Detroit fouls a ton, so Powell could get to the line five, six times in this game. Mm -hmm. But 11.5 for a guy that should probably play at least 27 minutes in this game, I think it's too low. I'm going to take the over.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Dwight Powell as well, man. I think it checks a lot of boxes here as a best bet, and and what I'm really liking from what we've seen now, everything that we've talked about with Dwight Powell. So we go over 6.5 rebounds for Dwight Powell here tonight as well for everything that you just mentioned. I think it's a great matchup for him. Uh, do we want to throw out five to one as a double double as a best bet for him tonight? I
1: mean, if we're going with value plays and if Terrell is going to throw out seven to one long shots, you know, all the time on the NBA gambling podcast, yeah. I feel like it's only right if we give out a five to one every now and then, but I, I will personally be betting that. I don't Yeah, know how I will be
0: too. To. Yeah. So let's give out Drell Powell as well. Five to one double double here tonight, but also separate best bets. Uh, Dwight Powell over points uh, prop for Scott. And then for myself, I'm taking the over six and a half rebounds. Uh, maybe build a little bit of a ladder there too for his rebounding props. And then also yeah, I was going to take- say, if
1: you want to create your own, go for an eight plus rebounds with yeah. 10 plus points or something. You probably find that yeah, maybe a three to one, maybe like two, maybe 275. So you can find ways to create a par a player prop parlay there with Powell's rebounds and points. Yeah. Double double just sounds cleaner, so we're going to stick with it at five to one. But if you're afraid of the potential rebounds, you could take eleven and a half points over with nine rebounds. Or you know, you can you can make it more manageable and still get plus money.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to quickly build one here before we get out. Uh, What was your number on the points prop? Thirteen and a half.
1: Uh, No, it was eleven and a half.
0: Eleven and a half. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're feeling feeling daring or or feeling frisky here tonight for some action. Dwight Powell to score 15 plus points and to record 10 or more rebounds is at plus 662. is what I'm okay. seeing on some books here. So, um, but we'll, we'll just keep it clean for the show. We'll throw out double, 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 um, double, double five to one for Dwight Powell here tonight as well. All right, Scott, that's going to bring us to the end of it, man. Uh, anything else you want to kind of get off your chest before we get out of here?
1: Uh, not really still just been busy getting ready for the NBA playoffs. March Madness is finally over, but. You got the Masters coming up in the next couple of days. Yep. I mentioned my Tiger prop uh, that I like uh, just because I get the back Tiger. And as long as he's not atrocious, I should cash the under four and a half bogeys in the first round. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't know if you did any digging, anything like that on the prop. I, I had a couple that I came up with. Once again, I dabble in golf. I didn't really go that hard into it, but I did look into two outrights that are somewhat long shots that I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the Corey Connors okay. uh, at around, I believe it was 60 to one. When we pulled that up really quickly, I'm not going to go into real depth here, but he has a decent track record here or course record here, I should say. So I'm looking at Connors at around 60 to one, 55 to one finished top 10, each of the last two masters. And then I'm going with Patty Reed at a hundred to one. Hmm. And Reed is a guy who a lot of people hate. Because he occasionally cheats, we're not going to talk about that. But if you, <laughs> if you're you know if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But yeah. he's won this event before. He's finished top ten in three of the last four. And I found a hundred to one. Every other book has eighty to one or sixty six to one. Yeah, I don't mind getting a former champion at hundred to one. Are are either of them going to win? Probably not. But if you want to go for a long shot, you want to try to bet ten bucks to win something huge. I don't, I don't mind taking Patty Reed there because he's still a top 50 golfer on the planet.
0: Yeah, I went with two guys that are maybe uh, more of the favorites or kind of chalky. Well, one's chalky for sure. Uh, I think JT. I, think I was going to say
1: Justin Thomas. Yeah, yeah I'm
0: going to go. Thir- I got 13 to one on JT uh, here. I think the caddy might be the difference here. He's, uh, he has bones now as his caddy here uh, for the Masters and going forward, obviously. But I like JT this weekend. I also took uh, Xander Shoffley 22 mm-hmm. to 1, I think, was a number. But you probably chop around and maybe see if you get a better number. But those are the two I mean, guys yeah. that I was kind of looking at.
1: I mean, once again, I, I'm doing a bit of a golf thing later in the middle of my live stream on YouTube. But yeah. it's more of a brief thing. I didn't deep dive a bunch of props. I mean, I like hole-in-one at some point, whatever that number is going to be, because you always have a hole-in-one at the Masters every year. Yeah, But still... I didn't really go full deep dive with it, but if you want a couple of long shots, I don't mind it. I think that Reed and Connors, I think they should make the cut. So I think you're looking at a spot where Connors seems to get off to decent leads all the time. Mm -hmm. First-round leader, I don't mind. He's usually a fast starter. So, you know, if they can hang around there, I don't mind it. I think the prices there are definitely, I'd just say, valuable at this point.
0: Yeah, I think my biggest bet I've made so far for the Masters was Alexander uh, top twenty. I got it around even money. Yeah, uh, but that number has moved to minus one twenty. Things are. I was st- going to
1: say that uh, he should be top twenty, but yeah, I think mine. you'd agree. Even though Reed isn't in the best form, yeah, a former champion at hundred to one when every other book's giving you basically sixty six to one. Yeah, per value. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shot. I'm gonna make a take a flyer play on that. Yeah,
0: why not? Yeah, so a lot of exciting stuff this week in uh, uh, sports. I guess we feel like we say that every single week, but uh, you know, March Madness is over. also we
1: forgot to mention. You got baseball tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Baseball kicks yeah. off tomorrow. Uh, we already have two games that are postponed due to weather, but hopefully we could get some type of games in. Uh, how, uh, how many
1: uh, season long props have you already put in yet? Uh, you're talking about win totals,
0: like everything,
1: just anything. Can you count it on two hands? No. Okay. You can't. Okay. No, no. Cool.
0: We'll talk about that offline, but uh, right. I know I told you about one that I absolutely pounded, but yeah. Um Yeah, definitely looking for baseball season. If you haven't already, check out the MLB Gambling Podcast. We dropped a show yesterday with all of our future picks, uh, awards markets, things like that. And then we also are recording later today. For opening day picks as well but we'll be there monday through friday for the mlb gambling podcast with that being said good luck with your bets tonight in the nba uh hopefully we have another big night uh as far as prop betting um we'll be back on friday for the prop cast between myself and will And then Terrell and Scott will be there for the NBA Gambling Podcast tomorrow on Thursday. So definitely look out for those two shows. Uh, Good luck with your bets tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.